everybody, welcome back to Insomniac's Journal, where I can't sleep because I think I know the truth. I'm your host with the most, Rockman 3K3, wait, wait, hold on, oh crap, this is the solo episode I'm supposed to be doing for the nerd plate? Ooh, ah, man, Elroy's gonna kill me. Alright, uh, stop, 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 uh, let me rewind that real quick, hold on. everybody it's your boy rockman 3k3 welcome back to the nerd plate the nerd plate uh elroy is still on a much needed break so uh elroy if you're listening to this man i hope you feel better i hope you're um well so we can finally record again together um today's topic guys is gonna be uh giving to kickstarters um because I just recently, and I don't know if, if you haven't heard the Tuesday show, which is already up, and it's pretty funny. It's called the Gun Government Gombo, featuring Mr. Shogun from Government Name. Shout out to Mr. Shogun for that. Um, I talk about how Shinmu 3 uh, actually raised $7 million. That's right, $7 million, with a capital M, um, through Kickstarter. And, yeah, I'm sure they have more than enough money now to get that game up and running. Um, even though, granted, like, I'm sure they can use a little bit more money just to try to, like, get better graphics and a better staff or team. Um, but uh, it looks like, at this rate, we are going to get Shinmu because a lot of people love Shinmu 3. Um, so that's a good thing. Uh, as Well, you heard it in... Well, if you listen to Tuesday's uh, show, uh, Mr. Shogun <laughs> definitely gave his two cents about how he didn't think it was that great. And I can totally see that because I, I love the game. I'm just really shocked that it, it's going to get a sequel. Uh, so that's pretty hilarious. Um, so today, you know, that kind of inspired me to talk about Kickstarter games. Because um, on the other side of that, now... It's not all victories when you uh, when when developers or indie developers raise money or kickstart money um, for video games because there's been a lot of failures just as much as there's been a lot of victories. Uh, on the opposite end of Shinmu, there was a small little old game called Mighty Number no. Nine. Yes. Now, if you have almost never listened to the show before, or <laughs> if you ever. Uh, if you have listened to the show, you know that I mentioned that a few times and about how we were upset. Uh, so let me explain my number nine's whole syndrome and what it added to the Kickstarter grief. So on the negative side of that, see, Shinmu is the positive side, right? On the negative side of that, you have games that you have to watch out for, like my number nine. Now, why is this game so important? Well, 
So to start to talk about that, let's start at the beginning. And this is kind of the fine wine, I guess, if you will. Fine wine. <laughs> Mistopian number nine. That's what I should call it. Um. Anyway. So what happened is, a long time ago, the Mega Mans were pretty much kind of at a stalemate or an end. And so, uh, at the time, Kenji Inafune, who was a big proponent uh, in the Capcom development at the time, uh, he was responsible for a lot of great, successful projects that they eventually ran into the ground, which include Lost Planet. Uh, of course, Mega Man, that was his original creativity, or his original creation along with a few other people. Uh, Dead Rising was another one. Um, it was pretty funny because <laughs> um, he had got to a point to where he said Japanese development is at a standstill and we're way behind the West, which he was talking about us. And he was also talking about the European states as well. And other developers, you know, from the European countries. And so, his own peers were kind of, you know, they were, they were like, well, what do you mean, bro? Like, we're dropping all these great gems. Like, you know, what's your problem? And so, he called off flack for it, but it, he was telling the truth. And it's so funny, guys. Let me, let me just interject this, because again, referencing back to the Tuesday show, if you hadn't listened to Tuesday show, me and Mr. Shogun also talked about uh, David Jaffe, who said, he's basically saying the same thing now, is that, you know, in four years, people are going to start to really question the quality of AAA titles. And it sucks, because whenever, in the game development, like, world, whenever a designer talks or comes out and talks about it, it's always the wrong designer to come and talk about it. But they're telling the truth, but it's always the wrong designer. Like, David Jaffe thinks he did the greatest thing in the world by doing God of War. And I'm not taking anything away from it, it's a great game, it's not this, like, epic masterpiece that he thinks it is, but it is a great game. It's one to be respected, and it's definitely noteworthy, and the game is on history. But would I call it something that just changed everybody's life? No, absolutely not, because there was also Devil May Cry, and there was, like, way more hack and slashes that came out before God of War. God of War just happened to be a really good one, and something that PlayStation 2 needed at the time. Anyway, I digress, going back to Kenji Inafune. So after that... He decides to leave Capcom because he's like, I don't like the direction y'all going in. I'm leaving and I'm starting my own business. And so Capcom's like, whatever, peace out. We don't care because at the time, again, uh, Mega Man was at a standstill and they pretty much had his other two hits. So they're just like, you can go. Like, you're fine, whatever. So Kenji Inafune said, all right, cool. I'm going to make a company and we're going to do our own Mega Man or it's going to be the real successor to Mega Man. And, of course, this was like, oh, my gosh, that's awesome. And the reason why we were all excited is because the Mega Man series. So a lot of people disagree with me on this, but I feel anyway, this is just my own personal opinion. Uh, after Mega Man X4, the Mega Man series just went downhill, like five, six and seven, five and well, OK, five wasn't so bad. I just don't like the timer shit. Uh, six was okay, but seven and I think eight, or maybe it ended on seven. It's either it either ended on I think it ended on seven. Anyway, six and seven I couldn't really get behind because they just started to look completely different and didn't feel good at all. Especially the one which I think was seven, where they introduced Axel, which none of the shit made sense. It was stupid. It was supposed to be one of those things to where they passed the gauntlet down to him, whatever. Anyway, uh, I digress again. 
Um, so what happened was was that he felt Mega Man was going a, a crazy way, and so did the fans. And so we were just like, man, okay, well, if it, Kenji Inafune's going to make uh, a Mega Man successor, then we know it's going to be great, right? Like, this is going to be it. This is all we ever asked for. Because we've been asking for uh, Mega Man Legends, and we never got it. So we were just like, oh, my God. And then we had asked for... Um, we asked for something else, and we never got it. And we asked for another Mega Man X. Capcom still wouldn't give us that. So, Anafune makes this project, and he doesn't tell us what it is. All he says is, I think I'm going to name it Code... I think he gave it some weird code name, like Pirate King or Digital Pirate King or something. I don't know. But we saw, like, this weird design, and we are like, okay... That looks cool. We're down for it, right? So, it's like, okay, that's great. So, I think, what, like two two years, maybe two or three years, he goes silent on the whole project. We don't hear anything else about it. So then, all of a sudden, uh, <laughs> he pops up again. And he's like, hey, guys, I'm so sorry I haven't um, been around, but... We've run into a bit of a problem. Uh, I want to do so much with the game, but I can't because I don't uh, have enough funding. And we're trying to find funding for more games. So at this time, guys, there really was not a Kickstarter. Like, Kickstarter was still fairly new. And I forgot what the first project for Kickstarter was. But around this time when he said this, Kickstarter was starting up. And so he didn't do anything until I think the end of that year that he announced like hey we're looking for funding they said you know what let's try Kickstarter and so of course when people saw Kenji Inafune say hey I'm the original creator of Mega Man and I'm trying to make my number nine and he showed off some pictures of it and we were kind of excited we were like oh shit this looks cool okay and so I didn't give any money to it but a lot of people did and so you know he I think his only his goal was to he asked for three million dollars to complete the project and it was going to be this end of independent like video game that was going to come out for um playstation 4 uh xbox three well okay so at the time when he announced it 360 ps3 and nintendo wii u was out and he was like yeah i'm gonna make these game i'm gonna make it for all these game consoles and so he's like in order to put it on the big three i need that much money right so Tom passes, and at first he's getting a good little bit, but after a while, you know, like, he's passing his three million mark, and so we're, he's, like, ecstatic, he's like, oh, thank you so much, it, it means so much to me, I'm gonna make sure I put out this great game, and so then it passes to where I think, I don't quote me on this, because I don't have the, the direct numbers in front of me, and I don't think they released them, but I think he, he got to 30 million dollars, it was either 27 million or 30 million dollars, anyway, he got to that, right? And so he's ecstatic. And everybody else is ecstatic because now he's gotten so much money. This means, like, cool. We can see, like, oh, man, like, the game's going to be great. And by this time, guys, he's like, okay, great. Now we have this much money. I can put it on all the consoles and PC. And I'll probably now hire another team just to make it for the Nintendo systems because that's near and dear to me. So we're like, all right, cool. It's great. So, you know, we're we're kind of chilling on it, and he's kind of pulling his George R. R. Martin, that's what I call it now, where it's like, the pizzas are coming, they're going to be great, but they're coming, just be patient. 
Um, you know, because fans are checking for it. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, where's it going to be? Where's it going to be? And so it was cool because even on physical, you know, like he was going to only charge us twenty nine ninety nine for it. So I'm like, alright, cool, cool, cool. Uh, and, well, no, I take that back. It was th- originally thirty nine ninety nine, but if you reserved it, uh, it's twenty nine ninety nine. So I was like, sweet, okay. And so, yeah, he's trying to get the money up and everything. And, you know, he's he's developing the game, and we don't hear anything else from it. And, you know, Tom passes, a lot of Tom passes. And so we're just like, well, man, where is it? Finally, I think it was two or three years after that particular point, the game comes out. And everybody's like, oh, my gosh, the game's out. And so we're all excited. And, uh... You know, we're like, great, I'm going to go pick mine up. Because I had my copy fully reserved, fully paid off. And it was cool because if you have it reserved and paid off, you got the expansion pack to go with it, which was just basically like extra missions. I was like, sweet, gangster, I'm there. Go pick up the game, guys. And when I tell you it was one of the biggest disappointments in my life, it was one of the biggest disappointments in my life. We're talking, he took base model Mega Man and watered him down with Mighty Number 9. And I think the character's name was Nan. I I forgot, because he, he did the whole, um, oh gosh, hold on, let me pull the game, I got it right here. Um, hold on, hold on, check for it, here it is. I want to say, his name... Oh, his name is uh, Bear with me. I think his name is Volt. No, Beck. Beck. Because uh he had a partner named Call, I believe. Beck and Call, get it? Anyway, Japanese, so, (laughs) the whole, (coughs) excuse me, the whole, like, joke to that is that uh, Mega Man, so, for everyone who doesn't know, I'm going to go into history a little bit, and I I talk about it every now and then, but, you know, I I don't know if you know this, but that's where my nickname comes from, Rockman. It is the Japanese Mega Man, because in Japan, the robot's name is Rock, and his sister's name is Roll. Rock and Roll, get it? And <laughs> the robot they make later on to take him on is Bass, and then the robot that they made before him was Proto, as in Prototype, but they called him Proto Man. Anyway, uh, so yeah, anyway, not important. And yes, there was a game called Rock and Bass. That's, this is true. I kid you not. Here it was called Mega Man and Bass, but in Japan it was Rock Man and Bass. So, yeah. Anyway, um, it was a disaster, guys. Uh, I can't even put into words how hurt I was. Like, I didn't even, I didn't even finish this game. That's how hurt I was. Uh, I'm putting it back now because I'm really disgusted with it. But basically what happened was it was one of the most watered-down games you can ever play. Like, it, it definitely took on the characteristics of Mega Man, but it was so bad, 
it was commercially panned and critically panned and panned by the users to where like nobody speaks of it to this day like it hit the bargain bins and that's it we just never talked about it because we were so sure this is gonna be another Mega Man and we were so hurt guys Beck literally had attack dash and jump that was it I kid you not play that game if that game's ever on sale for two bucks it was free on PlayStation Plus if it's ever on sale for two bucks buy it just just to like just to treat yourself to the terribleness just buy it and see what we're talking about it's it's bad um I was just hurt man and I remember being happy that I didn't donate money to that Kickstarter but then I thought about all those people who did who believed in him and even on the back of the box it says traditional Japanese side-scrolling action from the veterans and Kenji Inafoon who created the Mega Man franchise he basically used the Mega Man name just to sell this crappy game and get that money and it was it was just awful um, the reviews are probably up and down. Me, personally, my review on it, because I don't give numbers, is just don't get it. Like, if you want the old Mega Mans, just go play the old Mega Mans. It's that bad. Um, oh, but it was, it was just, I was so hurt. Um, so anyway, that was the dark side of Kickstarters, because people have put so much money into that. So, they put, oh, like I said, like, Either twenty-seven million or thirty million. So because they put all that money into it, that deterred a lot of people from that day forward from giving to a Kickstarter for a video game. And the reason why that's a topic for me. So you have Shinmu on the side of success. Well, hopefully, I hope it's not another mind number nine. I hope they release it and it's good. But so far, they had a successful Kickstarter. And then on the other side of that, you had, uh, oof. My number nine, who had a successful Kickstarter, or successfully raised money, I should say that, but was a terrible game. So, and I mean, that's not because there's been other games that come out through Kickstarters, and they've actually uh, been okay. Uh, I mean, another example of that was also No Man's Sky, where they were an indie developer, and Sony got behind them, but they didn't... Um, put so much money into them, they just said we would help out, and it turned out wonky, whatever. Anyway, but that was the craze for a while, because when people had saw my Number 9 made so much money, a lot of indie developers started doing that. Hell, when I get my game finished, Kingdom with Hell coming soon, it's coming, I promise, um, I'm going to get a Kickstarter going, and hopefully, but with mine, so, with mine, I'm going to have a demo. But here's why I bring that to the table today for the topic of conversation. Is to talk about Kickstarters in the video game industry or in GoFundMe's because it's all under that. But anyway, Kickstarter crowdfunding. That's what they call it. Crowdfunding in the video game industry. So, I want to talk about the good and bad points, which I've already done. And then just how it affects the game industry and how you should vote with your dollars. So... What is crowdfunding? Well, crowdfunding, by the definition, is basically you do a Kickstarter, GoFundMe, or some other project to where people donate to you. Now, some Kickstarters are different. If you donate, it has tiers to where you can donate so much money, 
And if you donate a level of money, much like what you see in some people's Patreons or VIP PayPal shit, you get certain perks or you get a certain addition. In the game world, you get certain additions. Like, for example, if you pay like so much money, you get this exclusive rare pack that nobody else gets where you get like a signed autographed copy of the game, blah, 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 blah. Uh, all the way down to just, oh, okay, if you donate this much money, you get the game for free upon release. Um, so, the problem with crowdfunding is that, because, you know, on the other end of that, you can just be donating to a project, and you may not get anything of it other than just a thank you, the project was made, blah, 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 blah. Um, so, my question is, is that... Is crowdfunding good for the industry? Well, some cases it is, some cases it isn't. Um, I think crowdfunding in our industry, in the video game industry, is great for bringing out games for people who want to get their games out there, but they're independent. I also think they're good for the big companies as well, or like like a medium-sized company that's like, oh, we can't do this distribution alone, so if we raise this much money, a major label will come pick us up and they'll match that. Because that's what's happening. That's what's happening with Shinmu. That's what's happening with... Uh, that happened with some other game. But basically, a lot of companies are like, if you make it, we'll match it, and you just publish it under us. Or like, you know, like, for example, Shinmu was given the deal with Sony to where... If he can get the funding, Sony would match it so much to just have it on their system and publish it. Um, so, uh, I think it's great for the fact of helping people get out there. because, uh, and, and this is close to me uh, in my dream because I really want to uh, get my game out there and I want people to play it. Um, but I think it's great because it gets those unknown games pushed to the forefront and, you know, it, it gets them to come out. Because on the great side of that, we had Shadowrun. Shadowrun was crowdfunded, and they pro- which I thought was really cool. And they promised uh, the remake of it to be put on PC. But they said, for everyone who donated, you get an NPC in the game. Which I thought that was great, because literally the NPCs all have names. You can just come up and be like, oh, is this person? Is that person? You know, like, it was really cool. It was a really great idea. Very thoughtful. Um, what I don't, what I don't like about crowdfunding is I don't like when, cause that's been a few cases before too, where people just take the money and kind of run or take the money and give you a half-assed product and then they kind of go from there. Um, I don't like that in the industry because that discourages people from, you know, trying to even donate to people or trying to even see these projects get to fruition or get to the finish line um with my professional or not even professional but i guess with my project what i'm trying to do before because you know a lot of people when you look at a lot of these uh games because again because there's actually more positive examples of this uh, than people think, because again, going back to the positive examples, Bloodstained. Bloodstained is another great example where they raised so much money through Kickstarter, um, and what they did to kind of like whet our appetites until we get the real Bloodstained, 
uh, main story or main game was they gave us like a side story and they only charged uh, $10 for it, which was great. But it's a Castlevania. It's from the guys. First off, Bloodstains from the executive producer of the old Castlevania games and like the good ones, the ones from like Nintendo all the way to the DS. And what, like, he continued those, like, the Symphony of the Night, all the DS games, he produced those. And so, he, um, well, up until the latest one, the latest one was produced by Kojima. But anyway, he did a really great job of the Castlevania series, so he set out with his own company. And so, he made Bloodstain, which was beautiful. If you don't have that game, play it right now, um, or play the intro to it right now, because it makes sense. He's supposed to explain the new bad guy and the new blood thing that's coming out, which is going to be brilliant. Um, go play it again, guys. It's great. But it's it's a throwback to Castlevania, but he puts in his classic twist or, or flavor to it by allowing you to play, like, three characters um, at one time. And then when you when you get to the... It, it's great. I'm not going to ruin it for you. Just go play... blood. I think it's called Bloodstain... Um, I can't remember... Uh, anyway, it's not important. Anyway, that rose, uh, or that raised, rose, that raised a lot of money, uh, and it was great. And what he did when he got all that money, because you know he was another, he was he was really shocked, and he was like, you know, we appreciate everybody being fans of the Castlevanias, and you know, I'm glad that everybody supported me alone. I'm gonna drop this game for you guys, and so people who a lot of people who donated and they donated a certain amount got bloodstained. The game that's out now for free. And then, you know, they'll probably get Bloodstained, the main game, for free as well when it comes out. Um, but the fact that he can make that and then charge $10 for it for that game, that was a good idea because now he got more money to go towards the main project. Um, so that's a good use of crowdfunding. Me personally, for the Kingdom Withheld for my game, uh, what I plan on doing again is I plan on making a demo and giving it to people the day of the Kickstarter. And just like, okay, cool. Go play the, you know, go play the demo. If you like it, donate to the Kickstarter so we can make the real game happen and make it happen soon. Um, and my plan for that is to put the demo out on Steam uh, for free. Um, put it out on as many platforms as I can for free. Um just to kind of get, you know, an idea from people of, you know, if they'll like it or whatever. And I want to put it on consoles, but I don't know. I would have to research that and see how Nintendo feels about it or how, like, Sony and Microsoft feel about, you know, just putting a demo of an independent game up. So I, I don't know if I can get on consoles, but I know for a fact PC I will be able to. And I'm trying to get on cell phones, too. Um... Because I know cell phone people play games too. Um, but I want to do that because I don't want people to just give blindly and then they don't like it. I want people to see what I'm trying to do. And if they can see what I'm trying to do and if they can see like, oh, okay, cool. Like he's actually serious about it. Um, and then they still want to donate that I feel better about it. Um, you know, because I'd much rather them play it and not like it and be like, okay, well, I don't like it. So I'm not gonna donate to it, but good luck to you, bro. Or like, if they're just like, well, I don't, I don't like RPGs, but I still like the energy, or I still like what you're trying to do as a person, or I just like you and still donate. I would just like them to go in with their eyes open to know what the project's gonna be about before they just blindly give money. Because when I saw stuff like Mine Over Nine, when I saw like a few other games that didn't make it, 
Um, you know, I didn't want to get people's hopes up. Because I knew what that was like. You, know, you get your hopes up for this game. You're like, oh, man, it's going to be sweet. And then, you know, it never leaves beta stage. Or, like, you know, you just wasted money on it. Like, I don't want to do that. And so, um, yeah, I hope there's more of that in the industry. Um, and, I, and I really think they could do a lot more with crowdfunding. Because... It's so, and I can say this because I'm trying, once again, to develop my own game. It is so expensive developing games, even an independent game. And it's not, don't get it twisted, it's not that, like, it, it costs money every single day for me to do a video. It's not that, it's just... In order to get a game out in timely fashion, because, and any of my friends will tell you, anybody that knows me will tell you, like, man, like, Rockman's been working on that forever. It's never coming out. You know, like, they always joke. But but the reason why I say it's so expensive is because in order to put the time in to get a game, just a simple game like what I'm making out, you have to do it, like, almost nonstop religiously. And they'll tell you. On my free time, that's all I'm doing. When I'm not doing this show, when I'm not out and about with them, I'm at home working on the video game. And if you don't believe me, you can, if you're on my Steam, or if you see me on Steam, if you just look through my games, look at the hours spent on the RPG Maker. Those are just what I spent in the RPG Maker engine. I did the music to my video game, too, so I'm also spending hours creating the music. Like, there's a lot of work that goes into it. And so, if you're trying to put out a video game in the next year or two years, like, you have to just work on it nonstop. You can't have another job. You can't have, you know, any kind of distractions. And it's really tough because you have to still pay bills, you know. So, I got to work to pay the bills. And then I got to come home and try to work on the game. So, a lot of times, these corporations... Because for anybody who doesn't know, so the reason why, like, crowdfunding... Is almost a match made in heaven for video gaming. Is the way a game gets funded in the video game industry is that you have investors or money people come in and they say, "Well, you know what? We're gonna go ahead and invest." Like, okay, let's say like, and this is this will never happen, but or never say never, but it's unlikely. Let's just say like a Coke representative likes what I'm doing. Is like, oh, that's cool. We like to put Coke in it. Well, they might only give you, like, okay, so we're going to give you $20 million, right? And that's that's what they give you off the bat. You don't, um, you know, they say, oh, we want to, we'll give you $20 million, And we probably expect blah, blah, blah percentage of the sales. Or we expect you to give us back that plus interest. Or we'll take a loss on that, but we want advertisement rights. And we want to be able to do blah, blah, blah. Anyway, you reach an agreement. But you get the money up front. And then you make the game. And the game is to make back the money investment plus more. So it is kind of like making a movie almost. But it's a little bit more complicated. Because sometimes you don't have to make the investment back. Um, you just have to like give a percentage out to people. And a lot of times that also goes to paying your, your teams. So, for example, um, I think if you use an Unreal Engine, um, they don't, which is smart, and I hope a lot of engines start doing this, 
they don't charge you anything for it anymore. But if you publish it, they just want a percentage of your sales. So if I use the Unreal Engine, they get, I think it's 4 or 5%, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm, I'm probably wrong because, again, I don't have numbers in front of me. But they get a certain percentage of, uh, of what you make, of all your sales. So you have to do it that way. Or, okay, cool, I got X amount of money for funding. So now I need to go out and hire a voice actor. I need to go out and hire uh, programming staff. I need to go out and hire blah, 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 blah. And you can only take from the money you have in that pile. That's it. And after that, you have no more funding for the game. And so the reason why crowdfunding goes hand-in-hand with the gaming industry is because if you just know off the bat, especially if you're an expert in the industry, uh, I'm not an expert, but you know, if you so if you're someone that has worked on a project before, you know off the bat. Okay, so I know I'm going to need this much for the animation department, this much for the CGI special effects, this much for this. And what you can do is you can tally that up, and you just be like, okay, if we can raise blah 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 blah. And then if you're willing to give people, one, a copy of your game, if you're willing to give them some bonus content that you can just get, like, you know, like, uh, limited edition art books, posters, or even figurines that you can just get made easily. Or even just something cool that, like, makes it worth having. Or even soundtracks, because that's something a lot of places and a lot of development companies don't do anymore, is soundtracks. Um, a few still do, and a few RPG makers definitely still give out soundtracks, but those are becoming, like, more and more rare, like, now you get them, like, they usually come with digital deluxe packs, or they, you know, it's just rare, It, it used to be a lot more common than what it is now, um, but that's the thing, like, with crowdfunding is, again, like, so you can take all that and just say, okay, this is how much money I'm gonna need, so we can just focus on the game. And that's what's so important about it. And I think that's that's why it's important that like people like me as an in develop or indie developer can say, okay, so here's what I need. Here's all my bills for like a year or two years from now. If I can make this much money and then just focus on the game, plus how much I would like for the animation, plus how much I would like for the cover art, plus I would like to hire artists for limited edition covers blah 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 blah. this is how much i need this is how much i can ask for and you just kind of go from there and it's cool because that would just be like if i make it then it's like okay cool i made my goal now i can just stay at home and focus on getting this game out and get it to the people of course everybody who pitches in will get it for free but on top of that now i can sell it and get it out there plus on top of that kickstarters Kickstarters, GoFundMe's, all those, their whole purpose is to also get it out there to people on the internet who would not even know you, who had no idea you exist. But now, you know, they're like, oh, okay, look at that. Like, they're trying to do, that's cool. You know, aside from you doing your own marketing as well, of course. Um, But yeah, I, I think that's, like, crowdfunding, I think has a great place for it, but it just gets abused so much. And not just in our industry. It gets abused in general. There are some people who just kickstart just to try to go on vacation. There's kickstarters for honeymoons. Kickstarters for this. Like, just so many crazy things. And I'm not judging those people. I mean, whatever. You know, they feel like they need it. They need it. Like, 
it, it's on us to vote with our dollars. And, and that's what it really kind of boils down to. Because that's just like how there's a movement now where people are saying, like, don't pre-order because that's how you, you vote. That's what, you know, uh, a lot of these corporations are making their money on, on video games. And that's true. Some of them are. Some of them are just like, great, we have this many pre-orders. We're going to be fine. Release the game. Um, but that's not to say, let me say this, coming from a guy who is a gamer and someone who also worked at that hellish place of GameStop, uh, one fuck GameStop, so I'm not saying, like, going to pre-order to help their soul, no, I'm not saying that, but I will say, if it's a rare RPG, or now, if it's a Nintendo Switch game, if you really want it, go reserve it, and I know that's like, oh, but I gotta go, no, it's worth it, because... A lot of times, you can't find those games when you come in. And with reserving it, what everybody is not thinking of, because they're so busy trying to be anti-establishment, what everyone's not thinking of is that you're going to spend that money when the game comes out anyway. So you might as well go in and reserve it and get the bonus content, as well as get the game that you want without having to do the whole five-store dance. Um, Just spend game there. But the, again, that's that's very important because you vote with your dollars. Now, on the other side of that, research your games. Uh, if you're thinking about, and this is important, whether you're thinking about, um, you know, pre-ordering a game or uh, supporting a game on crowdfunder. Re- especially, okay, so let me start with that. Crowdfunding. If you're thinking about crowdfunding a game, whether it's on Kickstarter, GoFundMe, whatever, research it. See if you would like it. Talk to the see how personable the the creator or the developer is. If they talk back to you and keep that means that they're really trying. They really want this game to come out. I mean, granted, don't go in if if it's like some medium developer or some developer that has experience with game design and they don't really talk to you right away. Like, don't get mad. Like, they're just used to just being in their own little space. But indie developers like myself, like if it's you know, one-person teams or just small teams, and they talk back and forth with you, ask some questions. It's, it's perfectly okay to ask questions about projects that we're working on because we're not going to be shy about it. Listen, I want to sell my product to you, and I want to be good at what I do. I want to be good at my craft as well. So I can only do that if you tell me what you would like or what you don't like within what I'm trying to sell you. So that helps my information, and that helps me either, you know, definitely encourage you to, you know, to uh, donate to what I'm trying to do, or it encourage me to say, well, I don't think this is what you would want, let me steer you in this direction, or, you know, hey, I don't think that's something you want right now, but I definitely will consider that in the future if I'm trying to be versatile and make a game like what you want, um, so definitely research, definitely research, you know, uh, and two, um, just think to yourself, like, man, like, and, and put yourself in the creator's shoes. Now, I'm not saying, like, oh, woe is me or whatever, but do remember, because I know on, on this show, on Nerdplate, we talk some shit about, you know, a lot of games, cash money, but at the same time, remember that no one sets out to make a bad game. No one sits there in their offices, in their cubicles, and their jobs, and just say, oh, I'm gonna make a crappy game today, because I'm just about making money. Yep, crappy game today, guys. No, they really think that, hey, my game should be great or my game should be good. And they have that, like, because they're inside the project. 
their whole thing is that even if it's going to be shit when they get it out there, they don't know that yet. They're just like, nah, I got to make this the best thing I can be. But they can only do that from their particular position. So when you look at something or when you tell an artist something about their work, whether they're a painter, a musician, uh, you know, just all digital artists, whatever type of artist they are, any kind of creator, always keep their feelings in mind. You don't have to be like, you don't have to kiss up to me. If you think my shit sucks, it then it sucks. There's nothing I can do about it. But you can be constructive about it and be nice about it. And just keep in mind that we put hours of our lives into it. Hours. Hours, days, months, weeks, years, whatever. We put it in there. We put some major time into it. Even stand-up comedians. Like, if you go up to them like, man, your comedy sucks. Just remember that they still put hours into it. They don't just get up there and freestyle. Like, that's not... No. Like, even if they're like, oh, yeah, I do free... No. They wrote those shows down. They prepared them. They practiced in the mirror. They practiced in front of a, a test audience or their family. They get up there and they try. But what you have to remember is, is that they're people, too, and they have feelings. So... When you approach them, and if you're like, oh, I don't like the game, you know, just tell them, like, tell them why you you don't want to donate, and, you know, just let them know, like, and don't, don't think that we're going to be so butthurt, because I I know you got some people like the creator of FaZe, um, and also the creator of Braids, Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the indie movie video games, but I was actually around when they were, like, trying to get their games out. I didn't really have to see the movie, but I still watched it. But they actually were like that. They were just going through comments, and they were just replying like, well, you don't understand. Wait, because that's not all of us. Um, I'll say this. You know, if anybody was just like, man, your game suck, and you should kill yourself as a game developer, because I'm waiting for that. Um, I'm probably not going to. I would say I'll probably want to like reply. Just be like, that's it. I'm going to. But then I would stop myself be like, you know what? Stop and be objective. Okay, he said it sucked and I should die. Okay, that's cool. But why did he not like it? And just get into, you know, the... the. It would be my job to get into the ebb and flow of why you didn't like it. And it's it's actually a lesson for me as a game designer. So when I sit down to make another game again, I know, one, my audience is a little bit better, but two, like what to expect in the outcome in terms of what crowds and audiences want from this particular game. Um, So don't expect me to come at you like, ah, like, it, it will probably help. You might have a lesson for them. You might be like, I don't like your game because I don't feel like you used enough just battles or I don't feel like you had uh, enough, like, special quests that I could do or I don't like your uh, your game because I don't feel like you had you know enough stuff for me and my friends to do, and it's like oh okay cool I'll marinate on that. Um, so there's that in terms of like crowdfunding and being respectful to the creators. Um, and then also to okay here's another thing, don't. It's okay to have ideas. It is. Don't take over the project. Don't sit up there and just like, oh, if I did, you know, oh, okay, well, you know, I did this mock-up character, maybe be respectful to their vision. Now, I'm not saying that you can't come in and be like, you know, you should make a character like this. 
No, I'm not saying that. But also be respectful because it's something they created. And you're becoming a fan of their universe or their game because they created it. Um, By all means, you're more than welcome to tell me what I should and shouldn't happen in it. But don't get offended if I'm just like, nah, I don't feel that way about it. Or just like, oh, okay, I'll look into it, but that feels too much like another game. And then, speaking of that, that's another thing. Don't compare it to other games harshly. Like, it's okay if you're like, oh, it reminds me of, like, Final Fantasy. Or it reminds me of uh, this other RPG game we used to play, blah, 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 blah. Those are fun. But don't be like, oh, man, it just feels like a watered-down, like... JRPG or Final Fantasy or oh it looks like you're trying too hard to be like this game because <laughs> one is not fair because that game came before anyone's game so it's like okay well I can't there's nothing I can do about it that's just like if I was going in a fighting game and you know you're like oh it just feels like a watered down Street Fighter okay well I, I get it but Street Fighter's been, along, been around a lot longer than my game has so give it just judge it for what it is and give it potential now if it just sucks again it just sucks that will get just constructively say well hey like i'd respect it a lot more if people said hey uh it reminds me of what i hate in street fighter which it has too many of the the inside box issue as opposed to where like uh some of the hit boxes are a little bit spacier Blah, 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 blah. You know, like, that's, that's okay. If you can explain to me in a clear sentence what it feels like and why you don't like it, I'm good with that. But, you know, like, just be respectful to the creators because they didn't just sit there and make it in two days and say, okay, I'm going to wait five years and then I'm going to tell you it's ready. Like, no, we put time and effort into it. And sometimes, even when you put time and effort into things, they still like suck or they still like people in general may not like it it might not be for general consumption that's another thing too. keep an open mind when you see these projects out there on the kickstarter because it might just not be for general consumption it might be for a very niche audience but you know it may not be something that's ever going to brush the mainstream like stage or circuit at all so just kind of just be nice in terms of that um should you even donate to any Kickstarters at all? Absolutely. Um, I think you should donate to Kickstarters that you feel genuine and you feel like, okay, cool, this person is trying to go somewhere. Again, you know, someone's like, hey, you know, you should do uh, the Kingdom Withheld, uh, blah, 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 you know, like, and I, I'm going to support that. Then that's cool. Um... Just be mindful. And even if you're like, okay, I don't play RPGs. That's cool. You know, like, just, that's you. And uh, I totally understand it. I'm not going to be mad about it. Um, Just don't be hurtful and say, like, well, how come you didn't do this? Or how come it's not this RPG? You know? Um, So there's that. Uh, Is there any time where Kickstarters or crowdfunding... Uh, would hurt or mutate an idea. Um, I don't think so. Uh, it could definitely change an idea. Like, so if I was making, if I were to make a game, uh, like a third-person shooter, you know, and I was to get into the whole like kind of Fortnite, just just start like pandering to people. I think that's hurtful because 
now you're not really making an original game. You're just making a game that works and gets money. And I get it. I'm not, you know, again, I'm not knocking Fortnite. I'm not knocking games who do that. But I have noticed in the gaming industry that there's like a really bad trend of pandering. Just super pandering. And it's just like, ugh, just stop. Like, we don't we don't need that. You know, like we, we don't have to do that. It doesn't have to be done. We can just make an original game. Excuse me. Um, so just watch out for those. Um, watch out for projects that change way too much. Unless it's the creator trying to find creative ways. I mean, now granted, the original idea is always going to change. Because it, it goes through... I mean, that's just part of the process. It's part of the thinking phase. Before you even get to the execution phase. You know, measure... Twice cut once. That's what that is. But if you start to like notice within, you know, a few cycles of the game, like oh, or a few cycles of the development, it changes into something else. Or you know, like oh, well, we're gonna take it down and we're gonna do this. Like I would just walk away from the project. Um, if you don't donate to the crowdfunding game or Kickstarter game, will it still come out? Well, sometimes it will. Sometimes. They'll find mysterious backers and it'll still come out, you know, and we just have to wait another, like, year or so before that particular project come out. But, you know, sometimes it's worth it, sometimes it's not. Um, it just depends. But like anything else, like I just said, you vote with your dollars. So if you honestly feel like, man, like, I want to see that game come out, that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest piece of advice. If you honestly want to see that game come out, definitely crowdfund. Um, and then I said crowdfunding and pre-ordering. So now going over to pre-ordering, when should you pre-order? Well, you should pre-order when you really want the game and you like the bonuses. Um, just as a habit from being a gamer, because even before I worked at that hellish place at GameStop, 13 years ugh, uh, all those years ago, before I even started GameStop, I always reserved my games that I wanted because it was better to have them guaranteed and I just get there and it's there waiting on me than to like try to run around and try to find things. Trust me on this one. I've done the research. It's a lot easier and a lot better. But pre-ordering, yes, it can sway the opinion of the developer. So... When you pre-order something, that should be something that you're serious about getting. If you're still on the fence about it, don't pre-order it and just wait until it comes out. And then when it comes out, then you'll be like, okay, well, how did it do? All right, doesn't like some, you know, just look at the game broadcast and see if you want it, see if you don't want it. Um, but yeah, pre-ordering. So developers see that as whether or not their investment is worthwhile on the game or not um a great example of that is a lot of canceled projects um that never see the, the light of day um like you got stuff like thrill kill you got stuff like uh starcraft ghost but it wasn't because of pre-orders those are because of other things but what happens is when a developer looks at the pre-order sales through, you know, whether it's GameStop, uh, PlayStation Online, Xbox Online, they have a good idea of, like, okay, what market of people like it? Is it worth us putting out? Should we go ahead with it? If 
they don't have a lot of pre-orders. It's harder to get more funding for the project. And then, you know, it's harder to get more promotional buzz for it. Because, like, if they see right off the bat, oh, we're putting this out, but it's only for our fans and it's not going to be something a, a huge audience of people are going to want, then they're only going to put out a certain amount of copies. And then that's it. You're never going to see them again. Um you know, check out Yakuza series and the Way of the Samurai series and you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, matter of fact, Way of the Samurai went exclusively to digital. Like, you can't find that on disc anymore. It's only on digital. So, yeah. that That's what happens when you don't reserve it or they don't have a strong order for it. Is they're like, well, we don't have strong pre-orders for it. We'll just either do it digitally only or we'll do a small release, or we just won't worry about releasing the project. So, if you love the game, pre-order it. Um, just because, like, you just never know. You just never know. And then sometimes you pre-order a game, and it gets canceled or pushed back. That's not, you know, to be... That's not something to be afraid of. It happens so much in the gaming industry. It's commonplace. I mean, look at Kingdom Hearts 3 and No More Heroes 3. Um... And Final Fantasy VII Remake, which we're never getting. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, just look at those. And, and it, it, again, it has nothing to do with popularity. It's just sometimes companies like, well... And then, you know, pre-orders have a good effect on them. They're like, well, shit, so many people are waiting for these to come out. We gotta make sure the game is good or else, you know, we'll let them down. So, that's one of the other things, too. Um, and then you gotta ask yourself too, you know, when you're looking at these independent projects, because you also have not only do you have crowdfunding pre-orders, you also have what they call early release betas. Um, now these are important as well, and these are cool because what you're doing is you're donating money ahead of time to play like a subset of the game, and then when they put out the full game, um, you get the full game for that early game release uh, amount most times. Now. In the little clause, when you buy it, they tell you in the, I think it's either called the EULA agreement or the user in the end user agreement, um, they'll let you know that, hey, you bought the demo version of this, but when the real version come out, you may be subject to pay more, or you may have to pay for the real thing. This may not be the real thing. Um, and then sometimes, a lot of games just stay in early release beta. Now... I don't know how I feel about this, because sometimes it's a good thing, sometimes it's a bad. Like, if you play Ark right now, it's a good thing, because Ark has never been in the full version of anything. It's just been in that early release beta. They just released the expansion pack, which was really cool, but, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Um, but uh, a great example of this, of early release games, uh, is We Happy Few. Now, I bought We Happy Few a long time ago. And I've said this before on the show with Elroy. Uh, I bought it a long time ago on Xbox One. And when they first put it out, guys, it was all over the place. It was just like this free roam, like, happy-go-lucky, like, Bioshock-ish game where it's just free roam. And you just went around doing stuff. Um, It had no overarching story other than the first guy you play, like, he was the only story. Like, those other two people, they put in, like, two or three people they put in, that wasn't until the full game they just released not too long ago. Um, so that was cool, and I like that because basically what Compulsion Games did was, 
I only paid twenty nine ninety nine for it. So when the game, the full game came out at fifty nine ninety nine, I got the full version. They did like a little demo, not demo, but um, uh, what do you call it? They patched, updated it to where I got the full version of it. And it was a completely different game from what I played. So that's the cool thing, and that's what the goal is supposed to be for game early game releases. Unfortunately, we have a few just wasn't that great of a game, um, and it's already on sale, but they they definitely tried, and and I, I, I think it just missed the mark because it just took too long to come out, um, but that's the thing about early game release uh, betas is that they're meant to kind of gauge your reaction to them, um, to kind of like notice your play style and notice what most gamers are going for, what missions they're doing, all kinds of stuff. And you see things like Ark, which like resource builders. You see first person shooters, and you see uh, first person shooters slash resource builders uh, mixed together. Uh, do that a lot because they are trying to nail down, okay, which direction should we go in? Should we do stories? Should we not do stories? Should this be free roaming? Should this be a multiplayer? Um, and things of that nature. So, uh, yeah, early game releases, they're also cool. Um, do I recommend them? Not as much as I would like to recommend crowdfunding or pre-ordering. Uh, early game releases are a gamble because sometimes you'll play them and it's just be like, uh, okay, well, this is a waste of money and, you know, whatever. Um, because it's like the early game release for, I bought the Pixel, what is it, the Pixel Junk? No, it's Pixel, Pixel Maker, uh, MV and it is not finished. It, it definitely is an early release. But they charged the full amount for it, which was like, eh. Um, so I'm not happy about that one. I mean, it's, it's definitely going to get better. It's just I have to come up with so many resources on my own. And, yeah, like they hadn't made any kind of expansions for, like, a character generator. Um, I mean, it's it's lacking a lot of tools that I have to make myself. And that was the whole point of me getting that game, uh, or getting that software, I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, game releases are, so, like, so far I've had, like, meh, like, luck with them, but they're not terrible, um, I just don't recommend them because sometimes that's the game developer's way of just saying, oh, it didn't do well, so we're just gonna keep the beta up for a a little bit longer, and then we're done. You know what I'm saying? And then you just you just out that thirty dollars you gave them. Um, so yeah, uh, I don't know. So what's my final thoughts on uh, everything? And you know, crowdfunding and all. Voting with your dollars—that's always important. You hear people like myself talk about that. Uh, you hear Shogun talking about it a lot. Um, you hear a lot of people talking about it a lot. But voting with your dollars is very important. Because thanks to those votes... I can't talk. Sorry, forgive me. It's late at night. Thanks to those votes, people know which way to go. Like You single-handedly sometimes decide the future and the fate of a person's career... 
a person's livelihood and their product. So, it's not to put pressure on you. It's just to let you know that, like, we don't, the creators don't take Kickstarters, don't take crowdfunding lightly. Like, I know I don't with my game. I don't. Like, I wholeheartedly appreciate everyone who has donated so far, which you know who you are. There's plenty of people, have a long list of them. Thank you so much for the small donations you guys have given me even before the Kickstarter. Um, and I appreciate the people who have given me uh, encouragement and advice and help and just basically overall just telling me, hey, keep going because we want the game to come out. Um, because it, it means so much to me. So as a creator, to see my creation get that kind of help and that push is such a, a, a crazy feeling. And it's it's scary, but at the same time, really awesome. And it encourages you and it gives you more courage to go further and do more with the project. Um, so again, you vote with your dollars and that's important because... If enough people see that your that your donations have taken a, a, a famous project and made it go just way out there in the stars, then they look at that creator and say, "Okay, cool. We want to keep you in business, and we want to keep you so you can make your new games on this platform. And you see more of that. The more you support a good video game development company, the longer they thrive." But the problem is, too, is that sometimes big game development happens from small beginnings of success, and then when they get too big for the bridges, they kind of fall off. Um, But always remember, you vote with your dollars because you want to give to this person because you want to see them succeed. That's the only reason why you should donate to crowdfunding. If you look at that project and you don't think of, oh, like, you know, I want them to succeed, or I want this to be successful, then don't, you know, don't give to it, and it's, it's okay, because sometimes when you don't give to it, it'll still be successful, and you'll be like, man, I wish I, I did donate to that, um, but you know, it is what it is, that's the way of the world, and if a person truly wants to get their project out there, like me, for example, if I don't, you know, because it, it's very 50-50, like, I could do a Kickstarter for my game, and it could get nowhere close to this goal, and I could fail, And it wouldn't mean that the game wouldn't come out. It would just mean, okay, well, shit, I'm going to have to just, you know, do this on my own and just put it out when I can. And so, um, you know, that would hurt, but I wouldn't be surprised. And because I love video games and this is what I really want to do in life, I'm not going to give up from it. So, you know, I can't, I've only failed when I've stopped trying. If that makes any sense. Um, so, you know, next time you look at, like, a, a crowdfunder, you know, like I said, do your research, you vote with your dollars, and just be respectful to the creator, and you'll be fine. You know, that's that's what it's all about. Because in the end, that's all we want to do anyway, is put our creation out there, and just be like, hey, I got this game, I want you guys to play it. You know, because, I mean, that's it. Like, I don't, I don't care about getting famous or rich off a game. Like, if I do get, like rich i don't care about being famous what if i do get rich off of cool thank you so much like i would love that but i'm more so concerned making a good game and making a game that people can say is a great rpg in the same vein 
as if, if anybody compares my game to Chrono Trigger, like I would cry because that's that's the ultimate compliment. But I want it to just be its own, the, uh, the even more ultimate accomplishment and achievement for it would would be for it to be just in a class by itself where people just talk about it and they just say nothing but good things. Um, you know, I just I just want to make a good game, and that's what all creators want in that kind of industry realm. We just want to make a good like game or a good experience, a good piece of art for people, you know, and not fail. Um, so, you know, that's all people try to do out here on uh, Kickstarter and GoFundMe and everything. Um, but yeah, you know, how do you feel about crowdfunders? You know, are you guys for it? Are you against it? Uh, you know, what does that say about a game if it tries to get crowdfunding? You know, let us know here at the Nerd Play. Um, you can send us an email to, I think it's the Nerd Plate Podcast at gmail.com. Um, we'd love to answer your questions on the next show or answer your questions. Um, you can also post up comments right underneath the episode. Uh, you can post comments on SoundCloud if you want. But, uh, yeah, just, you know, tell me what you think of it. Because that's how I feel about the whole creation process. And, uh, have I given to Kickstarters once? Yeah, absolutely. I have definitely donated money to people. Um, because I, I do believe in indie. Because I know how hard it is to grind and get there. And that's another thing. Just rem- again, it's going back to respecting the creator and the artist. Like, they put a lot of work into it. So show them. Like, if you're impressed with something, like the next time, like I remember the last time I bought some somebody local was um, I was at the. Uh, the Hoover Library, uh, gosh, I forgot what it was called, but it was the small little con they had out there, and I was there, and I was, you know, I saw this great comic book artist, like, work, uh, he was, like, a comic writer, and he had an artist, or whatever, but I, I bought his two books, because they look interesting, he also, I think, did some work on the actual Marvel's Avengers comics, or whatever, anyway, I was like, yeah, sure, I'll buy some, you know, like, just, like, Support these people. Support local. Support your indie. If you have any of your friends trying to do this, support them. Support, support, support. And I say that, yes, because I am a creator. And it is hard as shit to get people just to share your projects. If I was good looking and I could make money off my pictures... Like, I would do that to raise money for my game before trying to just actually do a Kickstarter for my game because that's how fucking hard it is sometimes just to get people to share artwork and just be like, hey, this person's doing this. If you like it, go donate to his website. Like, do that for your friends. Even if you're, like, like if you're really good friends with them, but you don't, like, like if you're a really good friend of mine and you hate RPGs, that's fine, but if you really love me as a person... Support me. If you can't donate, share. If you can't share, make a comment about it and tag people you think would like it. Just do something to help. It costs you nothing but time. And I know time is precious to some of you, but even then, it's a small bit of your time to share projects and to share things. And I'm not just talking about my project. I'm talking about everybody's project. If you have someone who's trying to do a comic book, like, promote them. Like, you know, talk to them. Keep up with the progress of it, you know, post 
daily almost post as much as you can because that little bit of exposure I keep telling people you never know when somebody of someone else who knows somebody sees something and says hey that's cool let me talk to this person let's get them in a deal or let's get them with a good publisher let's get them with a good developer let's get them with blah 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 and you never know how that's going to impact the creator's life so please I can't stress this enough. Share and support. Share and support. Those are the two S words you need to remember. Share and support. Unlike ours, we need to like, comment, and subscribe. Slash share. No. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's been the Nerd Play, guys. Thank you so much. Um, hopefully next week we'll be able to be back in the studio uh, together. Uh, making episodes. I'm sure everybody's gonna be like, oh, this is not as good as Elroy's, because, you know, Elroy's all dynamic and talk about crazy shit, but, uh, you know, I, I did the best I could, guys. This is this is what I gave you. <laughs> but I hope I did well. Um, and, of course, if you would like to know more about my project, you can head over to uh, reddreamsint.com, which is reddreamsint.com, which stands for interactive. Uh, and you can look at some of my blog notes on the game, and it shows you some of the progression I've made. Uh, or you can just hit me up uh, on Red Dreams Interactive's uh, Facebook page. Uh, I talk about the video game. I talk about some of the things that's going to be in the game. Um, so, yeah, you know, if you guys have any questions, hit me up. Let me know. You can even leave questions, I think, on the site itself. You can actually apply as well if you feel like you can help with projects or you'd like to be involved. Uh, just let me know. And guys, this has been the Nerd Plate. I'm Rockman3k3. And I play games because I like to fuel my imagination. And I hope you do too. You guys be safe out there. I love all you guys. And we'll see you next week. I'm out!